You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. Welcome in to another edition of Talk of Champions. Zach Barry, Ben Garrett here with you on the uh, the opening day, opening day, day one, the uh, the introduction to 2023 spring practice. Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss football, hitting the field today. I uh, I saw that Chuck posted no media availability during the week. Saturdays will be when media can get there. So Ben, I'm sorry. Can't be there today, but good morning to you. Good morning. I'm bummed because I actually really wanted to see them. Usually spring practices aren't particularly interesting, and we try to make them interesting. This this rendition of Ole Miss spring football practices has a lot of interesting things, not the least of which is the quarterback battle. That oh, yeah, baby. What the quarterback battle is going to look like if Spencer Sanders is healthy. So only getting <laughs> practice viewing on Saturday there. sucks, but we we do get to talk to players and coaches um, all during the week when they practice. But still, it's not the same because I had like these grand ideas about going out there with a really nice camera and building like news packages off of it, and then straight up just the sad trumpet or trombone from uh, Price is Right in my head when I saw that email and said, "Hey, yep, just Saturdays." There is no better time than creating a quarterback controversy narrative. Than now, and you know that's what's going. But there is though. But there, there is a quarterback controversy. There is, maybe for second string. I think Walker Howard's going to be the second string guy. Well, wait, wait, wait. Because it still remains to be seen if Spencer Sanders can effectively throw the football after the injury. That is true. However, it is. Absurd to say that there isn't a quarterback battle when they just went into the portal, got these two guys, gave them a shit ton of NIL money to come in and compete. They're not just signing them for insurance for Jackson Dart. They're coming in to compete. You got to spend money to make money, Ben. Yeah, well, they have uh, they had other needs, and their third highest or maybe second highest NIL deal on the team is a quarterback that you're saying isn't in real competition for the number one. Come on, come I'm on, just, man. I'm just I'm just saying. I would, I would yeah, legitimately. You're, you're incorrectly, you're incorrectly saying there is a competition I, between three guys. That's happening. We'll see. I technically, yes, there is a competition because there is always a competition with Lane Kiffin's quarterbacks. They are always going to be quote unquote battling for first team reps. I just, I don't see it. Again, the injury makes it different. Yeah, but again, you're also whether you see it or not is immaterial. That is what is happening. Like Walker Howard is going to get just as many first team reps as Jackson Dart this spring. And if Walker Howard balls out, who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback game one? If Walker Howard can just set it off. I could see him being the quarterback over Spencer Sanders. I could see Spencer Sanders being the quarterback game one. We don't know. Like that's the, that's the unfortunate thing about not being out there and seeing it. And, and And it's by design, but still. Yeah. I guess if you if 40 plus turnovers in four years is is what stands out to me there. But Zach, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it stands I, out to you if you don't th- you don't see it. But I mean, it's yeah, I'm not making the, the decision. Yeah, the reality is 
there is a three man quarterback starting to uh, quarterback battle starting this today is, between Jackson Dart, um, Spencer Sanders, and Walker Howard. This is what's happening here, Ben. Day one, I'm planting the flag that Jackson Dart is going to prove everybody wrong. I didn't see Spencer Sanders out there killing a mountain lion. Did you? No, I'm with you on that. I think he's, Jackson Darcy ended up winning the job. He sent him. He sent a message, baby. Out for blood. I All think right. Jackson Darcy's going to win the job. However, to claim that there otherwise that there isn't a three man quarterback battle is just, you know that. I mean, come on, you know. This is this is like that's the the dominant storyline this this spring, and there's a lot of interesting stuff that Ole Miss is going to try to figure out this spring. Defensively, is just as fascinating. But the quarterback is the quarterback is the quarterback. It's the greatest position or the most important position, most significant position in football. Of course, that's going to draw most of the eyeballs. But let's not pretend like this team writ large doesn't have significant questions, not the least of which on defense under Pete Golding in his first year. Because as good of a defensive coordinator as I think Pete Golding is, um, there is still the question of, hey, man, at Alabama – Alabama always has dominant defenses, always has the best players. And there were times when Alabama's defense wasn't the same under you. And it's not like Alabama put up much of a fight to keep Pete Goldie. So he's in a prove-it situation himself. I mean, he was the hottest defensive coordinator name in the country three years ago when, um, when Alabama hired him. And now he's got to show he can do it without the Alabama brand behind him with a unit, quite frankly, that's in worse shape than I think we we even considered towards the end of the year. I mean, they're just not in good shape defensively because they get the players that really matter for them. Guys like Cedric Johnson, they're hurt, and the ones that's, that you need to step up. That's the bigger storyline to me. Yeah. Well, I, no, the biggest storyline is the quarterback. Stop it. You can't minimize. It. I think. But yes, I think defense. Yeah. Defense, like the question marks, the 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 lingering injuries that are going to keep guys out in spring. Now, they're known commodities, but they're still not out there getting reps. That's important. And, you know, what's the 3-4 going to look like? What are the transfer guys going to look like? Is Monty well, they're Montgomery... not going to run a base 3-4. They're going to run a base 4-2-5 with, with some 3-4 multiple stuff. Yeah. I, I think their roster is better suited for a 3-4 because of the oh, athleticism they got at linebacker now. But again, Zach, what we think is immaterial. They are running a base four two five with some three four multiple looks, and quite frankly, with what they have on the roster currently, it, it makes a lot of sense, you know, because linebacker wise, that's probably where they're they're at their thinnest right now. I would say you can maybe argue that they don't have enough edge rushing capability either. Um, but I think that they'll have enough. And and defensively, like for me, the growth, I just want them to be good at something, really good at something, whatever that is. The Cowboys, for example, and it's, I only use the Cowboys because I watch the Cowboys every Sunday. But the Cowboys, they give up big plays. They can get, you know, they can give up really big bus plays. But for back to back years, they've been among the very best teams in all of football in creating turnovers. It, it would be great if Ole Miss could find a specialty, be really good at that. It's just when you're bad or when you're not very good at anything, it just makes it a chore to try to win football games. Because I feel like Ole Miss offensively, yes, at the end of the year, that's why they lost. Their offense was just terrible. But defensively, 
they just fell apart as the schedule got stronger. They started 7-0. and They're like number 11 in the country in total defense. And then they completely fall apart once the schedule gets tougher. That is not a coincidence. They just weren't that good. And you lost actually some of the best players off of a defense that wasn't that good to begin with. And it puts a lot of pressure on guys like Monty Montgomery to come in here and be really productive and play a lion's share of the snaps, if not all of the snaps. There's just a lot of weight on individuals defensively that, quite frankly, it's like a house of cars being built up. That one car gets knocked off, the whole thing's coming down. I mean, I don't, I don't know what defensively they're even going to be yet. We know what they're going to run, but we don't know who their studs are. I mean, Davidson Igbenosin is gone. He'd be one of the ones, first ones I talked about. If like he was still here, and you asked the question, "Hey, man, who was who's the breakout candidate? Who's the next level super stud?" Well, Davidson. But he's gone. He's at Ohio State now. And Zamir Walton's really good. I love that addition. I loved it better with Davis and Igbenosa. But now, like, all the pressure's on one individual guy in Zamari Walton, right? He has to step in and be good immediately opposite DeAndre, DeAndre Prince. So there's just not a lot of room for error with this defense. And then offensively, the biggest question you have is that the sport's most important position. So it's a fascinating spring. And typically springs aren't interesting, if we're being quite frank. We try to make them interesting. Thank God Ole Miss hired Chris Beard this year in basketball because this is the slow time. And Ole Miss baseball got his ass kicked at Vanderbilt this weekend. That was awful. Awful. And Vanderbilt entered the weekend as one of the very best hitting – or one of the very worst hitting teams in the SEC and blitzed Ole Miss. So spring football – it's good that it's returning now because basketball, now they're just kind of settling and seeing what Chris Beard is going to do. Baseball, oh, God. Maybe they'll be 7-14 again and go win another title. I don't care how they get there. Right now I'm not panicking because it's friggin' March. All right, they were 7-14 in May last year, one title. But football, that's where typically we try to create things, create urgency with it because we're trying to get people to pay attention. We don't have to create that urgency this year. It's there. And it's not just the quarterbacks either, which is without a doubt the number one storyline. But defensively, you're right. There's just so much they got to figure out. And that's why it makes it even that much more important. They can't waste opportunities in the spring, in the offseason, whatever. They got to figure it out because this is almost wholesale changes. And it feels like every single year has been wholesale changes under Kiffin. But this year, you can say it with a straight face and, and mean it. You know what I mean? I would argue that they have always been interesting the last couple of years because you've had the transfer quarterback storyline. You had a new coach storyline. Um, I mean, we've had the, the transfer quarter uh, transfer quarterback thing for the last, you know, probably four or five years, it seems like. And the transfer portal makes things interesting. I do think Linebacker is still a question mark, but it does give me a little bit of solace, and I think Ole Miss fans should at least have some quiet confidence when it comes to that position because the guys they did add all are guys that are proven commodities that have played a ton of snaps. They're not, you know, a four- or five-star guy that, signed at Alabama and just played special teams. I mean, these are guys that started somewhere else, played a lot of football. I mean, look at the past linebackers they've got in the portal. Troy Brown, Chance Campbell. Mark Robinson was a 
was a unicorn because he was a running back and he switched positions and balled out. But Chance Campbell, and then now you've got uh, last year was Troy Brown, then now you got Jeremiah Jean Baptiste and Monty Montgomery. Um, and then they got Kari Coleman a year ago as well, and he's back. They are guys that have played a lot. So I think the the emphasis has to be on health, keeping guys healthy. And, um, you know, hey, just see what happens. You you brought these guys in because you think they're capable of playing. So, you know, you get a defensive coordinator that Nick Saban put his rubber stamp of approval on. I think that that's certainly something that shouldn't go unnoticed and and shouldn't be just swept under the rug and, you know, well, you know, Saban let him leave. Well, you know, sometimes two things can be true. And I do think that that is something that is going to drastically change the defense. Now, will it drastically change it for the better? Will it drastically change it for, you know, average? Or will it drastically change it to be mediocre? We'll see. But um, I do think they added some interesting pieces at, on defense. You mentioned you mentioned Zamari Walton. They've got John Saunders at corner as well. Um and then uh oh no john saunders got moved to safety and if you oh, look yeah. at safety the they number, did say the they did say he'll probably anymore. play a little bit of both but i guess primarily a safety now well it's interesting because you look at the safeties the three starting safeties i would say going into spring are trey washington Ishim young and ladarius tennyson and then behind them you'd be hard pressed to name who their backups are john saunders is one of them but then Elijah Sabatini, that's a name you hadn't heard in a while. A.J. Brown, apparently there's an A.J. Brown that plays safety for Ole Miss right now. I didn't know that. And then Taylor yeah. Groves. He was, he was like a, mod, a, a mod Brown, but he's going by A.J. now. Yeah, but I, I love Taylor, Taylor Groves. I think he's going to be a good player in time. But this, this safety depth isn't there like it's been. I mean, one thing you felt like you could say every single recruiting cycle was, oh, man, they're good at safety. They got the numbers in safety. They don't have the numbers now. They don't have the numbers in the secondary that they used to. And then interestingly, Chuck put out a depth chart on the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, and affiliate on three. And Xavier Harris was listed above Joshua Harris, who was a transfer in from NC State, a defensive tackle. And let's, let me be honest here. If Xavier Harris, if Xavier Harris can be a stud, I mean, this is a former four star. He's massive. He's 6'7, 300 whatever pounds. He's huge, huge human being. If he can establish himself as a defensive tackle for this defense, that, to me, is not talked about enough. I feel like he's something Ole Miss has simply not had. I love J.J. Pegues, and he's a disruptor in the interior. He's a freak athlete, great player. Xavier Harris is just an absolute monster and mauler in space, in space absorber. He just dominates attention. But he's been stiff, played a little high. You know, he has to get used to playing to his body, six, seven, 300, whatever pounds. If Xavier Harris could establish himself this spring, that would be huge because from a run-stopping standpoint, they're not conceding pre-snap running lanes because they're running some ridiculous three-whatever, three-whatever. What were they running? Three-three, something or other? They're not doing that anymore. And That'll be a three-three-five. I think it's going to be – Yeah, three-three-five. I'm bad at math. I was told there would be no math. Sorry. That's okay. I think Xavier Harris is a player to watch this spring. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic with the defense because of the change at defensive coordinator. I think that's big. I think you're going to see not only a change in scheme a little bit, but a change in 
culture, a change in how they go about their business. I think the preparation is going to be entirely different. I think you're going to, I mean, Kiffin has been all in on the Nick Saban, you know, copy pasta, but you're going to really see it with Pete Golding, who essentially, you know, really cut his teeth and and earned his, his stripes under Nick Saban. And you're going to see that trans translate over to this defense. Now, again, not playing with the players that Alabama has. And, you know, unless you've been in a coma for the last decade, it's going to be very different. The talent level is going to be different, but I think that what they, it, it's not a, remarkably terrible defense. They did more than enough last year down the stretch for Ole Miss to win games. The offense couldn't get it done. I mean, that gets lost in the shuffle a lot. The defense played great against Alabama. The offense just couldn't get it in the end zone. The defense was outstanding against Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. The offense couldn't get it into the end zone. So I know they gave up a lot of yards and they had some, some rough patches, but it's not just completely abysmal 2010 type stuff like they're they're fine no it's more frustratingly it's it's more frustratingly mediocre it's they're okay at everything but not good really good at anything and that's the most frustrating thing it's just you'd like to see Ole Miss be really good at something because it's been so long and if that's just something as basic as they're sure as shit tacklers then cool let that be it but lately it's offensively was the reason why they spiraled at the end of the year. And let's be frank here. The, the season was over. Once Ole Miss lost to LSU and Alabama, they were done. They were checked out, whatever. I'm not making excuses. That's just my read of how, how they played. I was like, oh, man, these guys, they don't care anymore. They're out. They're done with it. Well, no excuses anymore. Because Pete Golding is here, and obviously Lane Kiffin had a problem with the way that defense played. You could easily turn the finger around and point it at Lane Kiffin and say, hey, man, your offense wasn't any good either. But offensively, they made the, their biggest portal splashes there with that group. The wide receivers, the quarterbacks, two offensive linemen, a tight end that right now I would say is the listed starter in Caden Priestcorn over Michael Trick. There are a lot oh, of yeah, interesting yeah. questions to be answered this spring. And I don't, I don't want to minimize any of them because while I'm very confident that this team is going to be competitive and I like I could see the path even though the schedule was really tough with trips to Alabama and Georgia, I could see the path to real relevancy and competing for the SEC West again, at least beating the conversation. It starts right now because I feel a lot of what they are is a little bit scattershot that these next 15 days, when they're typically reserved for, oh, we got to get through it because it's spring and we're just trying to keep football in the conversation amongst fans who just are starved for it. I actually think they need to get work done this spring. And that's why it's a bummer that they're not – we can't go see it, but who cares? Who cares if we can't go see it? <laughs> Just get the work in. We'll talk to the players and coaches when we can, and we'll go see the practices when we can. And I think this has the makings of a really competitive team. I just really wish that they weren't going to Alabama and Georgia next year. We we, we kind of – you got to it, and I'm glad, because there are some – some interesting question marks on offense that I think can really make or break this team. Um, Cause you know what you're going to get with Quinshawn Judkins. They have four of the five starters back on the offensive line. You've got a returning guy quarterback. 
who really got comfortable as the year went on and settled in and made some big plays down the stretch. And like you said, you add a proven tight end in Caden Priestcorn, and then you add a proven wide receiver in Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech. And uh, you get a high ceiling former five-star in Chris Marshall. Um, I'm excited to see what the offense is going to look like with those guys because we've we've written about it over and over. I think it's huge that they now have a more than competent tight end that can come in and be an actual threat over the middle and can really loosen things up for the run game and can, you know, it's, it's going to help everyone if Caden Priestcorn can be, you know, half or a little bit more than half as good as he was at Memphis, because it's just going to make everyone else better. It's going to take a lot of stress off of Judkins. It's going to take a lot of stress off of the receivers who are having to, you know, get their footing, get in the playbook, learn everything. And I mean, it's not necessarily plug and play, but it's, it's going to, I think that's a storyline that, gets lost under the quarterback bubble because I do think that priest corn is a guy that can really come in and, and Hey, if he, if he has a Kenny Yaboa type resurgence, I mean, that's, that's the difference in probably two or three wins in my opinion. No, I agree with that. And I think it's sometimes um, we've characterized it wrong in regards to Ole Miss bringing in Caden priest corn. It's like, Oh, well, Michael Triggs on notice. I put that as my headline. Michael Trigger on notice. Well, he is, but it's more than that. I mean, a rising tide lifts all boats. And if Caden Priestcorn is a plug-and-play, which I think he is, Michael Trigg can maybe be more into a specialty role where they can protect him um, from injury and also kind of unlock him and what he's really good at, which is being a big wide receiver. He's not great with his hand in the dirt. If he can be more of a specialty player and you can just unlock his ridiculous potential, which is still just ridiculous. A rising tide raises all boats, and Gain Priest Corn will make Michael Trigg better. The wide receivers are better. Quinshawn, if he even can, because Quinshawn is just Quinshawn. Yeah. On and on the quarterbacks. Almost didn't have the middle of the field to play with last year at all because Trigg wasn't there and they didn't have real field stretchers in the slot or anything like that. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm fascinated to see Trey Harris. I think right now he's listed as a starter at wide receiver. Um, I'm fascinated to see him, Chris Marshall. Uh, Jordan Watkins, how those guys establish themselves and which one of them can, can become the true field stretcher that almost just simply did not have last year. But it starts with Caden Priestcorn because the middle of the field, that's yours, buddy. You were signed not to just come in here and push Trigg. You were signed to start over him. And um, maybe Michael Trigg then. You, I think you're going to see Caden Priestcorn and Michael Trigg on the field together a lot because I honestly think – I That's I think what I was, I was going something. to say. Yeah, I think I was reading something recently. Like, I think the Falcons – are considering moving Kyle Pitts because they just signed a tight end or traded for a tight end, Johnny Smith and the Patriots. They're considering moving Kyle Pitts to wide receiver. And that sounds insane, but in modern football, it is not. And Michael Trigg, that, like, he's not going to be a true, quote, wide receiver, but big wide receivers are effectively what modern tight ends have become anyway. And I think that Caden Priestcorn, it just gives you another option. They just didn't have the middle of the field. So Michael Trigg could be that. Caden Priestcorn could be that. Uh, the options you have at wide receiver could be that. There are a lot of holes that just kind of arose and never got fixed 
over the course of last year. And I feel like Ole Miss is just better positioned because of what they did in the portal to address those. Um, but we just have to see how it works. We have to see how it all meshes together and it starts today. You know, today's the first day. It's just uh, I would like to see Caden Priest corn. <laughs> I would like to see what he looks like, you know. Yeah. I would like to uh, shake his hand and say, hey, man, nice to meet you, and ask some questions. But whatever. I want him to be good at football first and foremost. Because uh, if he's good at football, Ole Miss wins. And everything. if Ole Miss wins, we all win. And that's all that I, I really care about. So, yeah, that's a good point. Caden Priest corn is, is without a doubt one of the far and away most interesting players this spring too because of what he means not just for himself and for the Ole Miss offense, but for everybody else around him. Yeah, I think that that's big is if if they can play both Priest Corn and, and Trigg on the field at the same time, I mean, I think that that's, that's going to really unlock the, uh, you know, that's the, you know, the the offensive achievement unlocked, you know, reward bonus that you get because those two on the field at the same time, they're two different types of tight ends and you have Quinchon Judkins on the field and you have a running threat in Jackson dart. And then you have a couple of receivers out there that can stretch the field. It's going to really put defenses in a bind. And I, I think that, I think that's why they did it. I don't think they've lost faith in Michael Trigg. I think, you know, he had the injury and then they're trying to, you know, get his mental game, set because he's still a young player um yeah i disagree i think they're absolutely down on him i think they're absolutely down on him and he has to i think to a certain extent because he just didn't perform and there were some well what's the play what is a football player's greatest strength availability and it's not just injury and michael tricks dealt with injury but it's also hey man you got to get your mind right and his mind hasn't been right and maybe now he's gotten he's he's gotten the call. He's figured it out. He's gotten the directive. He's he's received clarity of purpose after his injury last year, and then coming or getting benched because of off the field stuff. It's just time for Michael Trigg to take this seriously because everything is in front of him. I mean, he's got all the next level potential in the world. At some point, it's just about the player, and we all like to give players the absolute benefit of the doubt all the time. And I, I'm one of those. But this is on Michael Trigg because he was signed last year to step in and be an absolute stud, and he wasn't. Except for one game, those three touchdowns against Zach Barry University. I mean, he has to be good now. And it's it's still the same directive as it was before Caden Priest's corner. This was more of a personnel schematic uh, change of, of course because they looked at their options in the portal, look, look at what they got. Well, Michael Trigg has a role to play here, a very – important role to play if he can just get his mind right it's on him i think they're absolutely down on him this is like if we were ranking the top five players who need to have good springs michael trigg will be number one for me wouldn't even be close wouldn't be close because we can talk about the quarterbacks and stuff but that quarterback isn't going to get settled this spring quinshawn's not going to get the get, not going to tote the rock but once or twice this spring if that the offensive line's going to be run with the second team jeremy james is out michael pettis is out the defense is probably going to be where you're going to see the most starters playing regularly. But if you're ranking players that need to have good springs, oh, Michael Triggs right there. He's number one. 
Hi, this is Kevin Kessinger, former Ole Miss baseball player, son of Ole Miss Hall of Famer Don Kessinger, and dad to Ole Miss All-American shortstop Gray Kessinger, and your local community banker with BNA Bank. BNA Bank has invested 125 years in our communities, and we know the needs of North Mississippi businesses better than anyone. As a commercial lender with BNA Bank, my priority is Oxford, and I'd love to help you and your business with any lending needs. Visit www.bnabank.com to learn more. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Ole Miss fans, the 2023 Ole Miss football season will be here before you know it. And season ticket renewals, it's time. They're due March 31st. Renew now by logging on to your account at OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or by calling the Ole Miss ticket office at 662-915-7159. And excitement is building around Ole Miss basketball. And the Ole Miss ticket office is currently accepting new season ticket orders for men's and women's basketball. Current season ticket holders can renew starting July 1st. So go to OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or call 662-915-7159. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com slash TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. Everything is going to be in these interviews when you talk with these players because you know Lane Kiffin's not going to say much. He's going to keep everything close to the vest and he is not going to give anything away. So you're going to learn a lot in these, these interviews with these players and asking them how things are going. How's the team meshing? You know, what's the culture like in the locker room? Because again, it was a heavy portal off season, a lot of new faces. And to the credit of the staff, they've done a nice job handling that because that was always the question, you know, how is the locker room going to be with all these new guys? So I think that it's going to be an interesting first couple weeks because there are going to be a lot of new faces that are trying to carve out roles, you know, fight for 
spots, all of that cliche good stuff. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, I'm excited. I, I think there are some interesting storylines that we're going to see get fleshed out here in the next couple of weeks. You're going to see, um, you know, there's not going to be depth chart answers for everything this spring, but you're going to see, uh, you're going to see some, some guys step up. You're going to see some guys step back and um, they're, you know, this, they're going to, they're going to challenge people. They're going to challenge these guys, especially the portals, the portal guys to come in. Like, Hey, we, we, you know, like Michael Trigg last year, we didn't sign you to come over here and, and hang out. Like this is, we think that you could come in and compete right away. So let's, let's compete right away. So that's what I am, am most looking forward to is who is going to step up and uh, who is going to make life difficult for, uh, for some of these other guys that have, that have been at Ole Miss and may have a spot. And then, you know, is somebody going to come, you know, take it? That's a, uh, that's my big thing that I'm looking for. Um, no, I, I, and the thing about spring too, and what I always love about spring is this is when recruiting visits heat up. I mean, when you go out to practice, and we only get to go out on Saturdays, but when you go out to practice and you look around the field to see who's there, and it's not just, oh, okay, this NFL franchise and this NFL franchise. No, it's also, hey, man, oh, that guy's visiting today, recruits, because that's really something that the spring has become most valuable for is getting these kids on campus because with the advent of the uh, first of two signing periods, the calendar has moved up, including visits for, for kids that would otherwise wait and hold off until the fall. They don't wait and hold off anymore. They're all visiting now. And Ole Miss is going to have a lot of kids coming in, a lot of kids starting today, uh, coming in that they're trying to get right now. So football is, is like we always say it, but it's more tongue-in-cheek. Football is back, spring football. No, in the year of our Lord, 2023, mm-hmm. football is back. And it's, it's not just what they're doing on the practice fields and a quarterback battle and defense and Caden Priestcorn and the offensive line. and all. No, 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 no. It's also some of their most significant or consequential recruiting work is going to get done over the next 15 practices, which will last for two months or a month, a little over a month. Yeah. So that, that's that's another thing. Like they start, they're starting to have visits in today of guys that they really, really want. Football is really back, and uh, that's why we spent you know all this time talking about this to start the podcast rather than basketball or baseball or whatever it might be because this spring is different and that needs to be impressed upon Ole Miss fans. This is a spring where you need to be paying attention because we're going to learn if you if you want to know what's going on with your football program, really what's going on. Unlike most springs, which is just a bunch of bluster, this spring actually has some real consequences and or some real significant stuff that we all are going to be paying attention to and right about and talking about. Yep. Two uh, four stars in town today as we record this on Tuesday. Charleston Collins, the defensive lineman uh, from Arkansas, and then four-star uh, Courtney Crutchfield, wide receiver from Arkansas as well. They are in town. Uh, yesterday, 2025 four-star Darnell Williams was in town. And then uh, this weekend, three big ones, Ole Miss commit DeMond Williams Jr., quarterback at Arizona. He will be in town on Friday. Uh, Caleb Odom, tight end from Carrollton, Georgia, big-time target, probably top five on their board. 
he will be in town. And then 2025 quarterback out of Georgia, Antoine Hill, who I think is their number one quarterback target for next year's cycle. He will be in town. So big week of spring practice, big week of recruiting guys are in town. There'll probably be some other names that'll pop up. I'll get those to you. I will be uh, on location uh, this weekend for the OT seven event in Austin, Texas. Mesh Academy. Oh, dang, I thought you were coming into Oxford this weekend for the first of scrimmage. No, no. Oh, okay. No, no. Uh, I will be in Austin. When am I going to get you back here in Oxford? When are you going to When are you going to show back up here in Oxford, man? Uh, it's looking like it'll be May for the Elite Eleven Regional. Okay, that'll be uh, that'll be the Wait, next. They're time, having an Elite so. Eleven Regional in Oxford. Yeah, I'm trying to figure nice. out why. I guess they're you know they try to bounce around. To a lot of places, but also I think, I think geographically there's a reason for Oxford. I'm not sure what it is. Because like last year I went to Baton Rouge because they put it there for for Arch Manning and then he didn't even throw. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, it's just kind of centrally located in the southeast for Mississippi, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee guys. I'm not I sure. might go to that with you. Yeah. Be fun. We might go to that together. I haven't to, uh, been to a recruiting camp in a minute. We need to go to that. That'd be fun. Go to Elite 11, see some guys throw it around the yard, a couple beers, couple laughs. <laughs> you know, be a good time. But yeah, that's, uh, that's maybe we'll do like, like a, a live Twitch stream or something <laughs> from the Elite 11 field. I don't, I don't know. We, we'd get tens of people tuned into this. Yeah. Nah, yeah, we'll we'll do some content. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, because yeah, sure. I won't be there, won't be there for spring game. Oh, I'll be cheering on my wife at a uh, half marathon. There you uh, go. Which I mean, when your wife asks, "Hey, would you be okay with me running a half marathon in Boulder, Colorado?" You say, "Yes, of course." Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's looking like May. I I'm trying to remember what. Standby, efforting. It is May, May 7th. And Elite 11 is just quarterbacks, for those who don't know. Yes. 25th year of the Elite 11. So, uh, big Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. How about that? Good grief. Pretty crazy. And uh, they're pretty... I'm trying to to think about how old I I am and how long I've been covering (laughs) recruiting how many Elite 11s. Man. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get a roster. They're kind of, uh, you know, Knights Templar, Freemasons, secretive with the rosters. They don't release it. The the guys that get invites, they kind of let them organically announce that they're going. Um, I've asked, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna let them kind of announce it." So we don't know who will be there yet, but. I assure you, once they get those invites, they will let everyone know that they are going to the Elite 11. But, uh, yeah, I imagine uh, Emil Piccarella, the 25 quarterback from Mississippi, will be there. He was at the uh, Baton Rouge Regional that I was at last year. Um, I'm not sure if it just – it all depends on if they're invited. Like, I I figure possibly if DeMond Williams gets an invite that he might come to the Oxford regional just to turn into a visit because it doesn't look like the closest one to him would be LA. 
Um, so if he does get an invite, I, I would think that he would probably just turn that into another visit. But um, but yeah, so once that roster comes out, we'll get it to you. And uh, yeah, me and Ben will get to hang out in person for the, for the first, first time, time ever. That's a uh, that's a I was about to do it. The goofy movie. The uh, what was the uh, were you about to sing some power line? Is that what you're about line. to do? Yeah. For the first time. That's a song. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down over here. The real ones know about power line. Duh. I've always said at Disney World, I, I, my family loves going to Disney World. Rock and roller coaster makes no sense. It's, it's themed after Aerosmith. Why are you not themed after Powerline? You're freaking Disney World. And that is He's, like the that like Powerline produced the greatest jams in uh, Disney history. And that's Tevin the, Campbell, man. Tevin Campbell ruled the '90s. These are the questions that we need answers to. Yeah, I need also, to know uh, Disney. What, Chris, when are you Chris going gonna... to? I need to also know when Disney is going to do a Bluey theme park or a Bluey. You know, section we're about of a ten park. years, twenty years. Yeah, we're we're a ways away from that, I think. But I need to know, and it's a clunky transition, but I don't care. But I'm, I'm genuinely asking who all <laughs> Chris Beard is talking to in the portal. Yeah, let's uh let's close up the pod here with this. Just kind of run through it. Um, first guy they reached out to was Wofford Power Forward BJ Mack. They've got uh, Texas Tech Power Forward Robert Jennings. They got a guard from Butler, Jaden Taylor. Small forward Miles Stutt from Vandy. Uh, one of the more Miles Stutt is such a yes. good name. Great name. Stutt. I, I Stute. I don't know if it's Stute. I'm assuming Stutt, but I'm not sure. Um, Stutt Stutt doesn't sound as clunky as Stute, so it's probably Stute. But still, we're calling him Stutt. One of the uh, more intriguing guys I've reached out to, uh, Texas Rio Grande Valley point guard Adante Holloman. He was a uh, scoring machine in high school. Um, bucket getter set a bunch of records in oklahoma and then um kawasi reeves from florida he was a uh, former top 50 prospect didn't really pan out at florida but um talented nonetheless another interesting one umass point guard noah fernandez a big facilitator um out of a uh former sec head coach uh frank martin is now the head coach up at umass um, so, uh, I did not know that. I think I did know that. I love Frank Martin. That's the Andy Kennedy, Bob Huggins group right who there. Who doesn't love Frank, Frank Martin? Martin. AK I want to know who doesn't like Frank well, Martin. And then I want to meet them and change their mind. Cause he's great. Well, when you Frank, well, it's like, I'll never forget this. I've been working at uh, covering old Miss since 2008. And I've been around David Johnson pretty much since then. Right, but we didn't really have any kind of relationship until we started working together. We don't work together anymore. He's at two four seven. I'm on three, obviously. But uh, we became really good friends, and it was funny because like he told me one time, he's like, "Man, I don't know. When, when, when I was around you for a long time, I thought you were an asshole, but you're not an asshole, man." I was like, "Oh, thanks." I feel like Frank Warren's kind of <laughs> like that, you know. When you first meet him, like, God, he's a dick. Same thing with Andy Kennedy. Ah, uh, but no, no, not really. They're nice guys. They're really like salt of the earth, strong, solid people. But you know exactly who they are when you meet them. And for some, they don't like that. I don't blame them. I, I'm like that. Yeah. And I don't, don't like that I'm like that. <laughs> you know? So I know that there are probably some out there. But Frank Martin is awesome. He's great. Yeah. I'm a big, big Frank fan. Um, 
And I think a lot of people are like, yeah. he's Frank's awesome. He's yeah. He's universally loved for the most part. Um, didn't used to be. Neither did Bob Huggins, you know. Neither did AK. <laughs> yeah. Just the way it goes. Um, I'm sorry. But, I'm interrupting again. No, no, no. It's good. Uh, the last guy that they've reached out to at this point, uh, Talon Cooper, Minnesota, former uh, Moorhead State guy, went to Minnesota. Um, great vision facilitator, more of a uh, distributor than a scorer. Um, so yeah, they've uh, they've put out a, a pretty big pool of uh, you know, put out some feelers kind of all over the place. So I'm intrigued to see what else uh, the next couple weeks look like. I think the more teams lose in the in the NCAA tournament, the more names you're going to see because one yes. particular team um, that uh, Chris Beard coached is still alive. And I do think if and when their tournament run ends, could be some attrition on that roster. Oh, not a guarantee. But I've heard a, heard at least one, maybe two names. So we'll see. And another thing to consider. I'm racking. Um, I'm racking my brain now. That's why I was like, I'm thinking as you're talking here. Who uh, could you another, be talking about? I don't know. Another thing to consider: um, Mark Adams is no longer the coach at Texas Tech. He was a longtime Chris Beard assistant. Um, he was AK let go. Is a candidate at Texas Tech, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. What a world. Um, Mark Adams no longer being there. I haven't heard any names yet outside of Robert Jennings, who they reached out to. Um, almost immediately when he was hired. Um, there could be some guys from Texas Tech that are still on that roster that Chris Beard uh, recruited that um, could possibly come into the fold at some point. So um, they hired Al Pinkins, and I anticipate Brian yeah, Berg being added to the staff. Yeah, got to love having Big Al back. He uh, excited to see what he does at the front court. Cause he's a wizard. Uh, I think Brian Berg is probably close to being finalized and then uh, we'll see who else they bring on. I've heard some other names. And uh, again, I, I do think you're going to more and more, um, more and more names will, will fall into that, that pool of names once this tournament continues to roll on sweet 16s later this week. So I think, um, look, Chris Beard's a hot name. Players know what he's capable of. I don't imagine that uh, his phone's going to be too quiet. There's going to be some guys that that'll possibly be reaching out, like, "Hey, what's up? You got a, uh, you got some room for me over there?" So, as of today, over 600 players have entered the portal. This time last year, it was just under 600, and that number is going to keep growing. Oh yeah, and I think that sure. Ole Miss. I, I think you're going to see some of the the current guys return. I think Amari Abrams, the one that of the ones that they would want to retain. I think he's tops amongst amongst the, the ones most likely to go somewhere else. But Jamin, I think Chris Beard wants. Matthew Morrell wants. I mean, he wants him. Uh, I don't know enough about the Deshaun situation, but he was at, you know, Chris Beard's introductory press conference. So take that for what it's worth, which isn't much. And I haven't heard anything on James White. But I, I would venture to say that at least four of the current roster We'll be back next year. 
Don't make me guess the four outside of Jamin Brakefield and Matthew Morrell. But four, and then TJ, I mean, it's a TJ Caldwell. Roster. You think are you, so? Are you, are you not counting him because he said he was coming back? Well, I mean, I can say I'm going to date Kathy Ireland. <laughs> I'll look I, at ma- I imagine I, I'm, he I'm probably had some conversations. Yes, I think so, too. And I think TJ Caldwell was a really good player and could be really good under Chris Beard. I just don't know the situation. You know what I mean? I don't want to speak yeah. to something I just don't know. That is no knock on TJ. That is no knock on I, – I don't know. I only sure. know about Jamin Brakefield and Matthew Morrell and Amari Abram for sure if they could get him back. The others yeah. – we, we're still getting to know Chris Beard. He's still getting to know us. I mean, is he getting filled out his coaching staff? That's really fascinating. It's it's a really interesting spring. And it's unfortunate that Ole Miss baseball is just not playing well right now. They need Hunter Elliott back in mid-April. Uh, but they're the defending national champions. They did the thing last year. For me, I'm not going to get all worked up if Ole Miss isn't it'll very be, good this year. I thought be they would fine. be. It'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Last, last week was a weird opening weekend. Missouri swept Tennessee. It was weird. The problem with baseball, and I do the, I used to do this with the Braves until they won it all. The problem with baseball is we're all football crazy, and there's only 11, those, 11 of those in the regular season. And so you're oh, hanging the, on every outcome. It's yeah, like it's the football death. mentality. You can't do that. Yeah. And it's so hard, but it's so hard because you're, you're wired to root for sports in that way. Right. Yeah. And like you can't do that in baseball because it is a marathon, it is not a sprint. They play over exactly. sixty games in college baseball. They'll be they'll be okay. They lost their best oh, pitcher. Man, their pitching is bad though. Their pitching is bad. It, it is. And the offense—that's what's crazy. This offense I thought was going to be so like always be there. And if what? you look at the roster for next year, just the offense—they're only guaranteed to return one guy in their starting nine right now, Ethan Leger. And they're not even really guaranteed because he's draft eligible. He could take off and he could get drafted too. So it's concerning. I, I think the ne- the makings of the next great Ole Miss baseball team are already there. Will Furness, I think, is going to be a monster. I love Judd Uttermark. Uh, there are a lot of guys. What's the What's the other young guy? Um, with the with the goofy name. I just said Judd Uttermark. There are a lot of goofy yeah. name guys. Uttermark, yeah, I'll do respect. Well, that's what I'm saying. I said him and Will Furness. Those yeah, those two, two guys, guys are those two guys are not built like regular freshmen. No, no. I won't be surprised if things keep going like this, which they won't, I don't think. But I've also I also said that I feel like this team is a slam dunk for Omaha. So I'm just going to be done making predictions because they only get you in trouble. There's no upside to making predictions. However, I'm going to make a prediction. I bet you both of those dudes, if it keeps going like this, are lineup mainstays by May if it keeps going like this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, right. I mean, what does it hurt you? Look, if you can hit, you're going to get in the lineup. And uh, Mike Bianco's not going to care how old you are. Because if other guys aren't hitting, they're not going to play. Like, Will Platner is going to be a good player, but he's injured right now. But Will Platner is going to be good. I, mean, I, I, I want to see the John. The pitching Kramer. is going to eventually be fine. They're just all young. And they're, you know, oh, like you're throwing these guys in there to get Enrique Bradfield out. You know, I mean, come on. Vandy's not national champion Vandy like they have been in the past, but they're still Vanderbilt. Like they still recruit the best of the best. Like they, they just trot guys out there that sound like they played the cross their whole life in New Hampshire and throw 97. Like that's just, 
That's what they do. And look, Nathan I Fink was... is another one. Nathan Fink, I, I want to get him. And Mason Morris. They love Mason Morris from Tupelo. He's an infielder right handed. But like these are all guys that are going to be starting for you next year. Here's one name, one name for you. If you're Mike Bianco, what do you have to lose? Let him get some run. My man. Taiwan Malone. Taiwan Malone. <laughs> Just let him ride. Who cares? You got your they... ass swept at Bandy. There's got to be Taiwan should have got some kind of NIL. Like I get at least one at bat a week. <laughs> I mean, wh- and just what's let me swing as hard as I losing, can. If you're gonna lose to Jacksonville State, at least lose with the most fun guy on the roster. Yeah. What are we doing I mean, here? They're gonna be fine. It's gonna be all right. Well, no, we're gonna be fine. But again, I got football brain with everything. Yeah, well, you just, you know, we people got to get over that. And look, they won it all last year. They won a they national can... championship last year. Yeah, like, you can hear me smiling over the spot. They won a national championship. I never thought I'd see Ole Miss win a national yeah. championship in anything. We need to end this pod before we talk ourselves into getting mad. But all I'm saying, it. before you end it, before you end it, Mike, it's your friend Ben. Play Taiwan Malone. You, you think... have nothing to lose. Even, even, for, even if it is to you a gimmick, Mike. I don't think it is. I think my guy's got juice. Hey. hey. Anytime your exit velo is as good as uh, Kemp Alderman, you're doing something right. I'm saying. Kemp had to hit his way into the lineup. I mean, he had to force his way in. And he really didn't become a lineup regular or real consideration until he walked off LSU. And then everybody was like, dang, this guy hits moon tower shots. That's Tywell Malone. Maybe Tywell Malone. There's a good catchy thing for you. Is Tywell Malone this year's Kemp Alderman? Mm. Sparking him. That's a that's, fire that's a high up bar. that hot take with with Kemp Alderman on the roster. It makes no sense at all. Uh, all right, we got to get out of here. Uh, that's yeah, we- gonna do it. We're talking champions. Again, stay locked in, omspirit.com, part of on3.com. Recruiting coverage all week. We got basketball recruiting coverage. We have spring practice coverage. I will be on location. And we've got women's basketball coverage. Oh, my God. We have... It's a couple... I I totally... Oh, my God. Coach O, I apologize. I'm still recovering from that night because, man... What a game. And, I mean, nobody deserves it more than the Ole Miss women's hoops team. They, uh, I mean, went into yeah, it's awesome. Palo Alto and ripped it from them. I mean, just ripped their hearts out. So, um, and then they get uh, Louisville now. It, uh, it's going to be a doozy because Louisville beat the brakes off Texas last night. So. This is all you want as an Ole Miss fan. This is what you've always wanted. And for the first time really ever in the modern era, you're seeing each one of your programs except basketball right now. But it wasn't that long ago that they were back in the NCAA tournament. Still, Chris Beard is the head coach now, so I can say this with a straight face and not be laughed at. You just want your programs to have a realistic, like a path that everyone can go, oh, yeah, they could do that. To a national championship every year. 
it sounds so far-fetched, but Ole Miss women's basketball, which was in the absolute gutter, is one of oh, yeah. 16 teams left in college basketball competing for a title. Ole Miss baseball won one. Chris Beard, I mean, the NCAA tournament is not the expectation with Chris Beard. That is not what it is. And then Lane Kiffin, he's already shown that he will put you in the conversation every single year. He'll frustrate the hell out of you. But they've been in the conversation, or at least you've gone, oh, I could see the path. You could never see the path. It looked like Mount Everest. Not anymore. And that's all you want. That's all you could ask for right now as an Ole Miss fan. So this is a golden time. I saw somebody say recently, I think it was on the message board at the Ole Miss Spirit, OSPirit.com. Somebody said, rough time to be a rebel right now. And I wanted to be like, actually, this is a great time. They're interesting yeah. year-round. This isn't, like, seasonal anymore. Every program now, I mean, Chris Beard, a top eight coach in his profession, is your head coach of basketball. So even basketball, I mean, they were going through the portal this time last year, and I was writing stories about Theo Akuba and Josh Mbala and Miles Burns. The interest wasn't there. This is different. Same thing with women's basketball. They made the NCAA tournament, but they were bouncing the first round. This team was one of 16 left. This is what you wanted across the board. Yeah. Now, there are some sports that aren't doing great. Cough, softball, cough, men's basketball. But I want to see you, – you want to see the Ole Miss brand, the Ole Miss name on the biggest stages every single season. So it's a wildly successful time, even when Ole Miss is coming off an abysmal basketball season. But that's because you hired Chris Beer. Yeah, here's what it was, Ben. I subconsciously did not mention women's hoops because I'm just ready to cover an elite eight. You're also beating yourself up way too much about this. We've been talking about this a lot on the Open Spirit, including you. All I want on this March 21st, 2023, is Mike Bieko to let Taiwan Malone cook. <laughs> We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back later this week. Um, I don't leave till Thursday, so we'll uh, we'll record another podcast. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Shout out to the sponsors that make it possible, and of course, thank you to Mr. Ben Garrett for joining. And uh, until next time, we out of here. <laughs>